Good evening, everyone. Yeah, it's not. Oh, there we go. There we go. We're good. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, it's so good to see everyone tonight, and it's crazy to me that we are in week five of our series through Basecamp. And so, uh, just as like a, a main point, Dan- Daniel, can you throw up the first, first one there? Uh, what this uh, base camp series is, is about is like to help us summit by growing closer to Jesus and sharing his love on campus. That's like the, the big thing with, with this series. And so one, one encourager that I have is like if you miss a week or if, if like you want to dive deeper later in, into like what was taught about, um, we have an audio podcast with our sermons and we also have uh, a YouTube page, and we, we throw the YouTube links on our website as well. So you, like, go back and, and either listen to these or, or watch these as, as well. So that, like, with, with this, it's meant to be a very applicable series, tools in the tool belt, if you will, to, to help us with our summit, to, to continue down that mission of, of sharing Jesus with others on campus and so, if you're new here tonight, my name's Ben. I'm one of the campus ministers here, and I would love to meet you. Adam's over here and um, on, on the pew. And then Hannah, I'm not sure where she's at, but she's somewhere. She was playing piano tonight. Um, she would love to meet you as well. And so, uh, yeah, um, so far in the series, we've, we've looked at several things. We looked at Sabbath and how Sabbath is, is, is a is like a trusting um, with, with Jesus with, with a 20, you know, a 24-hour period, but with time to be able to devote, to devote and be unhurried and a time to slow down and get away from our work and trust in a way that that work is still going to be there. Um, um, and so it's been cool to hear people talking about doing that and doing that in community together and drawing closer to Jesus through that. Um, we've looked at uh, building rhythms into our life that help us draw closer to Jesus and, in a way, putting limits on ourselves so that we can grow closer to Jesus and also love, love others as well in that. Um, we had a question and response time with people from community Christian counseling where they talked a little bit about health and faith, uh, mental health and faith, and then just gave time to, to let us ask questions to them about that. And they, they gave us some, some responses, and so um, that was another week. And then last week, Hannah looked through testimony and, and what, what a testimony is and also, um, uh, like, like, the big thing, the main thing that she talked about is we all have a story, and it's worth sharing. And so um, tonight, in a way, we're building on top of that and talking about gospel appointments. And so when we go into gospel appointments, uh, the one thing that I want us to remember is that going into gospel appointments is about seeking a friendship with another person and hope that one day they give their life to Jesus. That's like a big takeaway that, that I want all of us to have tonight is, is gospel appointments are about seeking a friendship with another person um, and hoping that one day they give their life to Jesus. And so 
I wanna wanna take time to pray before we dive uh, deeper into the material tonight. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for this time we have um, to just come together uh, through the middle of the week, and then also uh, just learn uh, through this series of base camp some practical things that we can apply to our lives and, and in our faith, Jesus, to, to one, grow closer to you, but then help others uh, as well along the way. So Jesus, I pray tonight that uh, we would all be um, spirit-centered, that we would listen to how you want to talk to us, and just pray that we would uh, come away with something that, that would change us forever. So it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so um, we live, or if you're here and don't live in Indiana or in the, the general area, in the Midwest, we are known does anybody know, know what we're known for in the church world? Cult, yes, kind of. Uh, anything else? Soybeans. Uh, <laughs> church specific, yeah. Bible Belt, yes, that's what I was looking for, Bible Belt. And so uh, a lot of people, major- this is not the case for everyone, but majority of people have heard about Jesus, and so if they don't follow him, more than likely, which, which stinks, and I, I hate that this is the case, more than likely um, they've been burned by the church or been burned by another person who, who calls himself a Christian. Um, this is not always the case, but in, in our location, that's, that's like a, a, a general um, observation. That's not like a for sure thing. And so uh, when I'm saying this, it's not like a, this is every single person. This is, this is a high percentage of people. And so gospel appointments, what I love about them is that they're an amazing way to build trust and respect with another, another person so that they will have the trust and respect to listen to you as they find out who the real Jesus is. Not a, a morphed gospel, not a gospel that's not true, but a gospel that, that is true, that you can build trust and respect with them, that they would listen and trust in what you um, have to say and how Jesus has, has truly changed you. The mindset we need to have is the exact mindset that Jesus had with all of his disciples, follow me. We shouldn't have a mindset that, that we're just going to name drop Jesus and then walk away. If we're going to share Jesus with someone, we need to have that commitment to them to, to continue to see through um, past the, the, the appointment, past the time that you share. Um, there's like those, those random circumstances when like, for the example, if you're on, on an airplane, you're probably not going to see the person again. Um, but through, through this, again, what we're talking about is like on campus specifically, like you're probably going to be rubbing shoulders with the person um, that, that you make a gospel appointment with pretty regularly. And so um, see the relationship through. It's a friendship that, that you're, you're a part of, just as Jesus did with his disciples. And so if like, like one thing that, that I, I want us to remember is, is that these gospel appointments, as I said at the beginning, are a friendship to build trust and to, to share Jesus with them and out of hopes that one day they would choose to cross the line 
um, from wondering or investigating to truly committing and following Jesus. And so one person that I want to talk about tonight in Scripture, his name is Paul, uh, very well known in the New Testament for the different letters that, that he wrote. And what we need to know about Paul is that he, he was a Pharisee. He knew Scripture inside and out. Um, he was out to persecute the church and end the, the Jesus movement that was happening. And then while he's on a road to, to Damascus on the way to, to persecute more Christians and, and get more Christians killed, Jesus just stopped him in his tracks and gave him this, this amazing revelation. And through that revelation, um, Paul was forever changed by the message of Jesus and was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles who were people um, who weren't Jews. Um, that's just like a pretty brief way of explaining it. Um, and so Paul also brought others um, under his belt as, as he, um, you know, came forth with this message. Like two people that, that you'll hear often are, are Titus and Timothy as sons of, of him, sons in the faith. Uh, you hear of Onesimus uh, in the letter of Philemon. And so Paul brings other people on the journey as well. And so these people um, that, that, uh, that, are, are, that are changed by Paul happen because Paul let the, the message of Jesus in that gospel appointment, if you will, um, changed uh, Paul through Jesus. And so at this moment of this writing of this letter to the Galatian church, Paul was writing because people um, here were, were preaching a false gospel to them. Paul had come and planted the church there, and they were changed by his message. And so people are trying to, to counter back and preach a false gospel and preach something that's, that's different from that. And so Paul is writing, writing a letter to them um, so that they wouldn't lose that love of Jesus, that they wouldn't turn away from the message that had literally given them new life. And so Paul doesn't want to see these people he cares so much about lose out on the gift of new life that was freely given to them that was freely given to him and to them. And so he reminds them here that the story of how he was changed by Jesus, that's what we're reading tonight, is the story that changed Paul forever. And because he was changed, he was able to go to these people and minister to them. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Galatians um, chapter 1, verses 11, and we're going to head into to, uh chapter 2, just for a couple verses as well, as it kind of completes the cycle of the, the gospel appointment, if you will. We're getting there. If you have um, the Version Bible app, we have all of our notes um, from, from like main points and sub points and then like quotes that we might use or uh, scriptures that we have. Uh, they're, they're all in there. And so you can save that while, while you're in there. You can save that and then you have it that you can keep coming back to as well. Um, so, so there's that there. So this is what Paul um, says in a section called Paul called by God. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. 
in his gospel appointment, remember. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how, I, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to, the, to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, also known as Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that I am writing, what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia, and I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. So it's a story, or if you will, a testimony that Paul is giving to the Galatians here. So this story, I feel demonstrates perfectly what gospel appointments do and how they can be a catalyst for starting a cycle of people changed by Jesus and multiplication can happen. And so the thing to think about is like one person changes one person through Jesus and like it starts like a cascading effect where it's like over time it's just multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Um, uh, just for like a quick example if you don't take care of like the weeds in your yard, like uh, if, especially if you have like a flower garden and um, you let the weeds get out of the way, they continue to multiply and multiply and multiply and take everything over. And so if you're like us, they take over the flowers oftentimes. Uh, but um, I think that's a good example to think of like, like when we think, um, you know, in our minds um, of something that, that can, multiply really quickly, um, I think that's, that's what's awesome about the message of Jesus, is that it can multiply really quickly as well. And um, I feel like uh, in this sense of like gospel appointments, it's, it's a really awesome way um, to, to build that friendship and that trust, and then you get to see that happen through them with someone else as well. And so, like, in this, this uh, section of, of, of Scripture that we read, we saw Jesus meeting with Paul. And then along the way, Paul met Titus and had him under his belt. And then Titus was um, eventually uh, a pastor um, at, at a couple different places. Um, but he, he was ministering to people as well. And so that cycle happens and it, it continues and continues and continues and continues <laughs> in a good way until we, we get to the point where we're at now, where we're at 2,000 years later, and the church is continuing to expand 
which is amazing. And so tonight, I want to, to uh, take us through, I guess you say, the process of gospel appointments. And so the first thing that we need to, to know about a gospel appointment is talk to the person that Jesus convince, convicts you to talk to. And that may sound scary. The word conviction is a scary word, in my opinion, um, because there's a lot there. And two, how do you know you're getting a, a conviction? And so a conviction, a definition of it, is a strong confidence or persuasion in yourself that the Spirit is leading you towards something. And so who is that person that the Spirit is convicting you to, uh, to, to talk to, to meet with? Um, you know, it might be someone in your class. It might be someone that's in your dorm or apartment building. Um, but who is that person when you pray to Jesus, like, who do you want me to share, uh, share your love with? Who is someone that you want me to sit down with and get to know? Um, maybe someone you're already close to that you can sit down with and, and share Jesus with. And so how do you know as well that the Spirit is convicting you in a certain way? And I wish I could say it was easy to know um, because, well, not unfortunately, but a lot of people have different ways that, that this happens. Um, for, for me, when, when, uh, when, when I think of the convictions that I've had in my life, personally, I, I get the, the feeling in my stomach of nerves. And so it's like a, a feeling where it's like, like uh, if, if you're an athlete and you're like me and you freak out right before the, the meet happens, like, like that's oftentimes what happens in me, a, a welling up in my heart and soul of just nerves <laughs> and pressure. And I think it's par- partially a thing of like, you got to go do this and I don't want to do this, but you got to go do this. And so there, there's that that happens um, oftentimes if it's like, talking to a person, I'll, I'll just feel like, like a, a, a welling in my, my heart and soul that says, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. Okay, fine, Jesus, I'll go talk to them. Um, there, there are other things that happen where someone might just plainly hear a word, and they're like, okay. And so you might hear a name. Um, you might have that image that pops up in your head. Um, we all have different ways that, that you might drive by a street sign and you see the name and you're like, okay, Jesus, I know I need to talk to that person. Um, who is that person for you? Uh, I wish it were easier to say there's a, a formula and an easy way to feel convictions. It takes a lot of practice and you have to know yourself and you have to know others who are way wiser than you who can help you discern these things. Um, it is, is very hard. And so, um, but for you, um, who is the person that God is convicting you towards? You might feel at peace when you talk to this person, and you're like, yes, that is who Jesus needs me to talk to. Who is it? And listen to that conviction. Listen to that conviction. And so, set up a, a meeting time with this person. Um, I didn't necessarily put this in the formula because, or process because I don't think it necessarily needs to be there because it hopefully makes sense. Like set up a time to meet with this person. So, you know, local coffee shop, uh, commons, library, somewhere 
that you can sit with this person and, and um, set, set up a time to be able to, to do that. Um, next, let them share their story. Um, you know, start a conversation with them, be, be in that uh, conversation for a little bit, and then eventually turn the conversation where it's like, so, so what's your story? Um, what, you know, where are you from? Uh, what's, what's your family like? Um, be real with them and, and let them be real with you. And so let, let the person share their story. In James 1, um, some very, very good advice. I think some challenging advice to some of us, myself included. Uh, James uh, gives us these, these beautiful, hard, challenging words. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So we are called to be quick to listen. So listen. People who don't know Jesus will feel burned if the only reason you're meeting with them is just to throw Jesus at them. Their main reason should be to share Jesus, yes. That is the main reason, of course. But it's also to empathize with people. It's to share their burdens. It's to be with them. Some have seriously been burned by the church and persecuted by the church. That, that, that At that moment, that might not be the thing that, that they immediately want to hear. It's something they've already heard. And so some people have friends, um, you know, who've, who've been damaged by, by other Christians. And so some people have had a really hard life, and what they need to know is that you are there for them, that you're going to, to ride the wave with them. And yes, share Jesus and share the way that you have been changed, but let them share their story first so that you can empathize with them, so that you know how they're hurting, and so that later when you share your story, you, can, you might have a similar story where you can say, point more targeted towards that and say, yeah, I feel that burden with you. When I was going through it, this is how Jesus changed me. This is how Jesus worked through me in that moment. So after the person shares their story, and part, uh, you know, through being slow to speak, slow to anger, um, and letting the person speak and being quick to listen, after that we share our story. After they share their story, then, then you move on into to sharing your story. And knowing someone's story allows you to have the availability sorry, to share hope and healing with them. You have the amazing opportunity to share how you were headed one way, but when you let Jesus overtake you, you started heading in a new way. Romans 6, 4 says that we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so share your story of how that happened to you. As for me, specifically, I was a fan of Jesus for a long time. But in middle school, I finally asked some of the hard questions uh, that, that had, had plagued me for, for a really long time, questions that I feared if, if I sought them out would make me lose my belief in him. Um, but an amazing man named Jacob sat with me and worked through some of those hard questions with me and I found new life uh, with, with Jesus. All the guilt and shame and regret, regret sorry, that I had plagued myself with 
through, through different sins, through, through different struggles in my life of, of, you know, lust and hurting others and placing other things higher than Jesus. So much more um, that could, could write a book about and probably volumes about. Um, but through that, I learned to release that through him because he had healed me and my soul. For the first time, I had experienced redemption and restoration in Jesus because an amazing man who's been on the journey way longer than me sat with me and helped me to experience that new life that can only be found in the grace, mercy, and loyal, loving kindness of Jesus. And so today, I love getting to sit with Jesus every, every single day and letting him continue to bring new life out of me. And it's amazing to, to get to do that with, with, with others as well. And so then comes the, the portion where, where you ask them to follow Jesus, and specifically to ask them to follow Jesus with you. It's meant to be a relationship, and you might be that person to help walk them through some of the, the challenges that they've had, the challenges that they've been wondering about following Jesus, some of the questions that, that tend to come up um, when, when following him. And so what, what I want us to remember is, is this second part, or this last part of it, but I feel like follows along with this, ask them to follow Jesus, is the set up a follow-up meeting. And so if the person says yes to following Jesus, Pray, pray a prayer uh, with them of like, you know, the, the, the salvation of prayer of like, Jesus, I give my life to you. I admit that, that I'm in need of you and, and I want my life to be healed and find hope in you. Pray that prayer, but also follow up a, with, with like a meeting with them and continue to do that. Um, and if they say no, that's okay. Ask them to do um, a Bible study. Say, hey, would you go through the book of John with me? And all you got to do is read like, like a section of scripture or, or a chapter, and you can ask two questions. What does this chapter say about who Jesus is? And what does this chapter say about who I am? And continue to do that. Um, we have some incredible resources on our resource page on our website. Um, a series specifically by Christian Challenge called Be a Disciple, where it's just walking th- someone through, like, like, this is how you follow Jesus. These, these are di- some of the different aspects of, of, of what it looks like to follow him. And that can be a great way for you, um, if someone says yes to following Jesus, to, to be able to work through that with them. Um, another one, other than like the, the John series with someone that, that, you, that maybe needs more time to, to work through, uh, you know, like, like some of the things of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, one of the things we've created is a resource called What's in the Bible on our ISU, isucsf.learn.bible, which is like, goes through things like, who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is Jesus? Um, who are we? Um, what, what is heaven? And so just all of the, some of these bigger things that help create unity um, of, of, of the scriptures, but also something to help someone 
know like, oh, this is what these things are. This, this kind of helps to make these things make sense. And you can help work, work through those, those things with them. Um, you have that opportunity um, to, to do that. And so, I, honestly, that series is great, even if you have said yes to following Jesus. So I would encourage that as well. But do ultimately what you feel Jesus is leading you to do with them. But don't give up on them. Keep praying for the person daily that you're meeting with and ask God to give you wisdom and them wisdom as, as they continue to discover who Jesus is. And so that's what, what a gospel appointment is um, specifically. And so um, we're getting ready to go to our groups. Um, and there, while you're there, every connection leader has on their, their paper a QR code that is basically a, I guess you'd say like, like a dumbed-down version or a little bit of an expanded version of what a gospel appointment is so that you can, you can take that with you and, and read that and have that along with you um, while, while uh, you, you walk through the week. Um, but I but, uh, just want to say a couple last things. People will come to Jesus if people tell them about Jesus. People will come to Jesus if people tell them about Jesus. And the question that lies here is, will you be one of those people to share Jesus with others? In Matthew's gospel about Jesus, um, there's this, this section of scripture where, where um, Jesus has been healing people and, and uh, sick people, people who are paralyzed, people just dealing with, with, with stuff. And he looks out and, and sees all, all of the, these people. And, and this is what he's what, what said in Matthew's gospel. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so my hope and prayer for us is that we could flip that. Like how beautiful would it be if, if that on the campuses of, of, of ISU that we could say the harvest is few and the workers are many. Like I would love for that to be the case here. And that can happen with us. It can happen here. We have to be willing to do it. People will come to Jesus if people tell them about Jesus. And my whole prayer for us tonight is that we would be that people to tell others about Jesus. So let's pray, and then, then we'll head into groups. Jesus, I thank you um, for the amazing opportunity it is to, to be able to come once again um, before you and get to learn about who you are and how um, you have changed us and how in your kingdom you love to see your people uh, do the work. You partner with us. And so, Jesus, I pray that we would uh, live in that partnership with you to, to be the harvest workers that, that you want us to be, um, that we would be the people who share your love and that we would commit to, to meeting with these people and, and helping them uh, discover new life in you. And uh, yeah, it's in your name we pray. Amen.